Bleach Fandom Community Podcast brought to you by Karakura High School's Pilot Foreign Exchange and Study Abroad Program. We don't do background checks. We will literally <laughs> let anyone who wants to come to this school. What could possibly go wrong? I, uh, <laughs> I, somebody needs to send a strongly worded letter to administration. Like, truly, truly, truly. Oh, my God, you guys. Wow, baby. Okay, fabulous. Hello. Hello, everybody. My name is Dell, and today I am joined by Lethen. Hey, guys. And by Nomi. Hey, how's it going? And we've got three episodes to cover this time around, so I'm kind of feeling like we should just kind of dive right in, uh, unless anybody's got anything they want to hit before we uh, before we get into those summaries. I think enough hitting was done in the actual episodes. <laughs> okay, but was it, though? <laughs> That's what I want to say. <laughs> Okay, the, then you know what? We will we will get there when we get there. Um, because uh, uh, unless I'm mistaken, we should kick things off with this with with episode 114, which is called Reunion: Ichigo and Rukia and Soul Reapers. So we return to the tense scuffle between Yami and Chad and Orihime and Tatsuki and like kind of Ukiura, who is mostly there to make colorless commentary from the sidelines, but you know, he's he's there technically. Uh, Ichigo intervenes and he promptly goes Bankai, but as Orihime observes, Ichigo's Bankai looks and feels a little bit different. It's a little rougher around the edges or, or the coattails, as it were, uh, and it's a little bit more violent and unhinged. Ichigo, however, seems pretty cool, calm, and collected until Ichigo's inner hollow suggests that Ichigo let him take over. Ichigo kind of freezes up. Yami bitch slaps the shit out of Ichigo for like a hot second until Kisuke and Yoruichi intervene, but not before Ukiyora identifies Ichigo as the quote target that Aizen sent them to observe. Ukiora and the now one-armed Yami hightail it back to Waco Mundo, presumably to report back to Aizen, as Ukiora deems that Ichigo being trash isn't worth killing. <laughs> a few days pass, and the gang spend some time recuperating from their wounds, but when they return to school, they're in for one hell of a surprise in the form of a few familiar faces. That's right, Ikaku and Yumichika and Renji and Rangiku and Toshiro and Rukia are all in the world of the living at Ichigo's school under orders to team up with Ichigo and prepare for an inevitable full-on battle with the Arankars. And that brings us into episode 115, Mission, The Soul Reapers Have Come. Ichigo and Rukia have a sweet taste of reunion and it lasts all but two seconds before she promptly drop kicks him. Renji holds him up whilst Rukia slaps him about a little and then drags his ass in soul form outside. Ikaku and the rest of the Soul Reapers are left behind and subjected to the mutterings of their classmates who wonder if they just killed Ichigo. Uh, Rukia and Ichigo go off to find a hollow and Rukia lectures Ichigo as he tries and fails to fight it, too scared about the hollow inside him. With a pep talk from Rukia though, Ichigo finds his resolve once again and defeats the hollow easily. He's then escorted carefully by Rukia to apologise to Orihime. 
Ichigo returns home that evening to receive the knowledge that the Arankar are not normal hollows who have been who have had their masks removed, but in fact are likely hollows whose class ranks above Amenos Grande. Toshiro explains if Aizen has more than ten of these at his disposal, then the Soul Society is doomed. Meanwhile, we see Ukiora return to give a report to Lord Aizen and his twenty brothers. Which leads us into episode 116, The Evil Eye, Aizen Again, in which Okiora and Yami return to Aizen, giving him and the congregation an eye-opening, literally, recount of what went down in the world of the living. Meanwhile, there's a happy little powwow happening at Ichigo's house before they all disperse and try and find their own places to live, which leads Rangiku to stay with Orihime, giving her some naked truth and reassurance to assuage her worries and anxieties about herself, Ichigo and Rukia. Finally, there's another rancor called Grimjaw that takes interest in the world of the living after seeing Okiora's account and decides to check things out for himself. There's a lot. There's, uh, <laughs> there, there's, no, in, in, the, in the sense that there's a lot of there's a lot of information and a mm. lot of like the plot's moving fast now. It's yes. not just it's not just exposition anymore. It's ramifications of a lot of the exposition that we got in the first few episodes of this season. I think. Um, yeah, wow. Oh my god. I also, when I was watching, I forgot that we got to meet Grimjow, and I forgot how much I like him. <laughs> Ooh, which, which is for later, like, that's, that's not until episode, he doesn't come in until 116, right? Or no, yeah. 115. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Um, so we'll get there when we get there also. Um, oh, I'm gonna contain myself so we can, like, go in order like people. Um, okay. <laughs> Great, so I think something that I want to kick off by acknowledging about episode 114 is fairly straightforward, and it's something that Orihime observes, and, um, and I don't know, like, the, the two of you might have more to say about it, because... Frankly, Ichigo's consistent increases in power have never been something that excited me too much within Bleach. I think his trajectory as a shonen hero who keeps leveling up makes sense, uh, and I do think it's justified and well-explained, but it's never been, like, the thing about Bleach for me. So uh, Ichigo's Bankai, which which he uses, like, right away, by the way. Like, I, it's, it's, it is funny to me how quickly people go Bankai once they show us their Bankai, like, once in Bleach, uh, generally. Not everybody, but... Uh, a few people sort of have this habit um but his his bankai it certainly looks different which i like shout out to kubo who just likes drawing pretty clothes and wanted to give ichigo this flowy coat with a deep v like no shade there at all ever because it's a lovely choice um but it's it is different from the last time we saw it which i believe was on sokoku hill yes yep. yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Assuming that we're not watching the the boat arc, then yeah, oh uh, yeah, 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 fair enough. But like you know, canon content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like I don't, I don't think he gets any bonkai level up stuff over the course of the bonkart, uh, the, 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 the over the course of the pound arc, <laughs> unless I'm misremembering. Um, but it would have been, it, I don't know. It seems like it wouldn't make sense for them to give him changes in his power over the course of a filler arc. 
I don't know. I can't remember. I didn't watch it for yeah, like years. We're not geeky. We don't yeah. spend time with the Bound Heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's funny to me because the thing that Orihime observes is that his spiritual pressure seems, she uses the words violent and rough. Uh, but when Ichigo first starts to face off with Yami when he goes Bankai, before his inner hollow talks to him, he struck me as being very, like, cool, calm, and collected, very together, very, like, reserved, almost, I kind of thought. I think it's really, I think that's why Orihime was there, wasn't she? Was to, well, why she was thinking this was to give us the exposition of how it feels rather than how it looks, because he looks confident at the beginning. Um, hmm. And and it, the the words that were described in the dub was violent and fierce by Orihime, and yet in the manga Ooh, it was interesting. And in the manga it was feels grittier, um, which all of those words I think are really interesting in the sense of how you would describe somebody's power. Personally, I really liked the what the manga translated it as about the grittier, um, yeah. because that's that's a feeling that we can actually relate to. Like, how does it's hard to know how somebody's aura would feel violent but gritty is like a feeling that like we could probably yeah, comprehend. yeah. Mm-hmm. the word the word rough is the word they used in the sub in the subtitle so i think it's like it, it rough in the sense of of like sandpaper kind of yeah thing to, to, I, I, that, that gritty connotation i my japanese isn't good enough to know what the connotations of the japanese word are but yes very that and it was Ukiora that backed this up didn't he because he then stated that when it's at its highest it surpasses my own when he starts fighting yeah. the, the hollow within him and it starts fluctuating. Um, yep. So even Ukiora is picking up on Ichigo's spiritual pressure here. Yep. But he still circles back around and asserts that, well, uh, which actually we can get there, but I, 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 I think I found, I found the conversation that Ukiora and Grimjow have about like how they would contend with a person of Ichigo's power level in episode 116. I thought that conversation was fascinating. And so mm-hmm. I think there's more to Ukiora's thought process there than he was probably letting on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yes, Ukiora absolutely did observe that. All right, well... Yeah, just wanted to, like, make sure that we didn't gloss over the fact that Ichigo's Bankai is different. Because it's not insignificant. Like, whatever is whatever turmoil is taking place within his soul, whatever this inner hollow is influencing, it clearly uh, is manifesting in ways that are observable and palpable. So, yeah. um, and one of the that's things a thing. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, one of the things I really enjoyed about where Bleach went with this is that, like, in most, most shonen shows... A character achieves a power, they get the handle on it, then something else stronger comes along and they've got to power it, power it up. And Q, mm. repeat, rinse, repeat. But with Bleach, you know, we know that Bankai is the highest level that, that a Soul Reaper can sort of obtain. Ichigo has re- obtained that. So rather than them inventing a new power level above that for him to obtain, although we do know that this mixing with the Hollow is effectively that in a way they're having him battle with being able to maintain his power rather than him powering Ooh. up, which I thought was really good. It's, it's just a nice twist on the usual shonen crap we get fed. Um, so it I really is, appreciated that. And it's also in, an increase in strength potentially at a cost mm. rather than, oh boy, I'm so motivated to protect my friends that I just get stronger or yeah. something. There's actually something to weigh. It might not be to the hero's... Um, benefit in every single way to mm. take advantage of this new power. Yes. It, it, it also kind of just leaves it open as well because we're now left wondering if 
if Ichigo wasn't so distracted and had all these inner turmoils, could he have actually defeated Yami during this battle? Or even <gasps> if um, he didn't have all this distraction, would Yami have eventually overcome and defeated Ichigo? So it leaves us trying to guess exactly how strong this new threat is as well. Yeah, yeah sure. especially since Yami is clearly a person who has already leaned into these dual aspects of Hollow and Shinigami. He has a mask and a Zanpakuto. Mm -hmm. So, oh my god, so what must that be like to be like, oh, I have the opportunity to wield this power if I want to, but this is the same power that my enemy, who I think has bad intentions, is also wielding. That's like inner and outer conflict, but about the same thing. That's, god, that's cool storytelling. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And what level do the hollow Zampactos go to? Can they go Bankai too? Because yeah, if we, we did, know. they didn't. we didn't right. see it, so... No, they didn't. Nobody even went Shikai. They just drew. Well, and also the fact that Ukiora was like, "You have to resort to drawing your zanpakuto in order to deal with this trash." Like, buddy, <laughs> he shits on Yami so hard. It's kind of not fair. But Yami's also, I don't know. I don't. Well, actually, this is this. This brings me into another thing that I wanted to talk about with this episode, which is we get a little bit of insight into what these Iran cars can do. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, we get a couple words dropped, which is kind of neat. So Ukiora, over the course of, of shitting on Yami for his lack of uh, uh, perception and lack of skill, <laughs> uh, he talks about Yami not having mastered something called the Pesquisa, um, mm -hmm. which is, it seems, which is an Arankar skill that has to do with perception of spiritual pressure. Uh, it's like... I don't think it's always necessarily a, a meditative state type thing. We do see Grimjow uh, utilizing this technique in episode 116, actually. Um, but you're supposed to be able to, like, cast out this pulse. It's like a, like a radar, effectively. Uh, you cast out this pulse, and then it'll ping when sources of Reiatsu within a certain proximity uh, are sensed. Do, so they have to, you... do they have to roll a d20 dice for perception <laughs> check to be able to achieve oh that? Oh my god, Yami has a negative perception modifier. Like, nobody's <laughs> business, for sure. Oh my god, no, Yami's barbarian class, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, uh, so, <sighs> we could say it's also, it's kind of similar to how... Um, Ishida taught Ichigo to cast out his senses and find the ribbons. Yes. The ribbons, yeah. Well, yes, exactly, because the thing is, I think that this this is an instance, and, like, granted, so Pesquisa is, is Spanish... Ish, um, <laughs> as as many hollow things are in in Bleach, um, uh, 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 and so it's it's one one of the first instances of oh, Aron cars and Shinigami have parallel abilities that manifest slightly differently, uh, and I think that's true of Quincy's as well. I think each of these practitioners has. Uh, uh, parallel skill sets, but they're just a little bit different based on how they manipulate Reishi and, Re and, and, and their own Reiatsu and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I just pull something from the manga real quick? Because during yeah. this fight, during this fight, it, it, it isn't explicitly stated. So you know that way that in Western culture, we need things spoon-fed to us. But in Japan, they, they tend to make things a bit more subtle. Um, in the manga, it is sort of hinted at in one of the panels that the three people they spoke about being a quote-unquote threat were Yoroichi, Urahara and Ichigo. 
Um, and yeah. it's just because when they were talking about the threat, it's those three that are in the panel that we see. It's those three together. So uh, it wasn't explicitly said that these are the three, but I just know that when, when I was editing the last episode, I know that there was a bit of like, who are the three that they were talking about and who did they mean? And I think it was those three just because of that manga right. panel. Mm. Uh, Ukiora knows Yoroichi's and Kisuke's full names as well when they arrive. Yeah. And like Yami, which I now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, is Yami as clueless as he is so that Okiora explaining things to him can be exposition-y without <laughs> seeming exposition Like, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yes, uh, uh, Okiora does say their full names. He clearly knows who they are, and he's also, like, not about to try and fight Urahara. That seems, Okiora's like, I'm not touching that. Yeah. Um, but, but, okay, but we get to see Kisuke fight for, like, two seconds. <laughs> yes. Ha! <laughs> Benihime. Benihime. <laughs> Something yeah. that really struck me about Uohara coming in and deflecting a Sero of all things, like mm. the hollow mm. thing. He says he used something similar. Yeah. Yes. Which really got me thinking because we know briefly, like, you know, Mayuri who... Mayori and Kisuke have something in common. They were both captains of 12th. And we know, like, Mayori, he likes his experimentations. He's experimented probably on himself and things. So has Kisuke, does Kisuke do these same things? Has he, like, imbued imbued himself? Is that the word? It's the word now. (laughs) 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 Um, With these hollow things, so he can almost do a sero back. It was, yeah, it was just the wording. Use something similar to deflect it. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me that uh, Urahara would have have done something like, I... or had something <laughs> like that up his sleeve. Yeah, if he's been dappling in that research around holification, that he'd have something like that up his sleeve. Yeah. My only other thought is that it's just keto. Because Could be. I, I know that, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, it's un- unclear... So we know that high-level practitioners of keto can make use of keto spells without the incantation, and we know that Kisuke is super powerful. We know he was a captain. Um, we have, like, it, 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 and I, I, whatever. I don't, I don't know whether people are aware of like the the the, the rankings that the, the the various levels of success that one can achieve as a keto practitioner. But Kisuke has achieved the highest. Kisuke is a keto master. Like, I don't feel like that's even a spoiler. It's just like. Yeah. Nobody even talks about it. Nobody talks like, about it. Yeah. Who cares? Whatever. Kisuke's a keto master. Kisuke's very good at a lot of things, including keto. So I, I, I've I, sort of always, even though I think the energies themselves are not exactly the same, um, I, I've sort of always thought that keto and the Saro were, though, it, like, in the same way that I was talking about um, uh, the thing with yep. Yami. Oh, the Pesquisa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was like his version or the 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 hollow version of other Reiatsu detection techniques. I've sort of always seen the Sero as being hollow keto a little. So I wonder whether he used keto. That would make sense oh, yeah. in terms of its power. And if anybody's going to know a keto that would counter a Sero, it's going to be Urahara. Oh, one hundred percent. He's so uniquely qualified to do that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Humble shopkeeper, my fucking ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. He's a shady bitch. God, I love him. He's amazing. He's so good. Yeah. He's such a good yeah. character. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think we've seen him use his Zanpakuto to do anything other than just like be a sword when he was chilling with Ichigo back in the first arc. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get some small insight into techniques that he can use that are specific to him and specific to his Benihime. Um, uh, which means crimson princess in Japanese, by the way. So the fact that that light is that, that or not light necessarily, but whatever kind of manifestation of power that is, is that red color is uh, congruent. It makes sense, given the name of his sword. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess it's kind of like, it's this fight, it's the aftermath of this fight, and then it's like, um, it, uh, you know, Yoroichi and Kisuke express to each other that this threat is serious, Neither of them is stoked. Yoroichi actually seems to have taken a pretty significant beating, uh, which is, uh, this is kind of like the first time we've seen that happen because she's super, super good. Um, So then, yeah, uh, everybody's worried. And then we get to go back to school and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and with with a little bit of levity like i i truly i've said this before but the fact that bleach is able to balance seriousness and intensity with just humor silly bullshit yeah, yeah. I, I love that about it i really do like i just think the scene where they're all walking through the hallway and you can only see bits and pieces of their outfits and their hair and the, the most in they're... the most distinguishable distinguishable features <laughs> yeah. yeah yes yes but it's very sweet it's like oh you know who these people are but then and you get to hear them being silly with each other these are people who all know each other and you get to go like ah i i know i know that bald head i know i know those tits like I, you know <laughs> And then it's just, it's familiar faces. It's actually, it feels very satisfying, I think. That is going to come up in the manga anatomy differences a little, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I guess at that point, like, I'm kind of like, I don't have loads more to say about 114, actually. So if you want to hit those differences, I have a few just, uh, things I want that. to touch on. Sure, sure. Go for it. Um, it's just mainly, there's a shift from the last episode in Con. Like, mm. when Ichigo's just, like, lying on his bed, he's rethinking, he's deep in thought. Last episode, Con was actually really quite supportive of Ichigo, and he was trying to be nice about it, but today was a... This episode was a complete shift in which Con had just lost his rag, he was yelling, he was not being very supportive at all, um, and he ends up just, you know, jumping out the window and usually finding him but there was just like this complete shift that's because in that con, wasn't and canon. it was really interesting i don't know if anyone else noticed oh. it <laughs> it wasn't canon it was anime oh. only <laughs> oh, it's so weird not being the manga anime differences this week. i know <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine i mean i did think it was we did mm. like i was watching it. i was like i wonder if this is because of you know what happened last <laughs> last canon last arc that they needed to change it in this arc okay yeah, that's maybe. fine anyway yep one and of then... the... well, go for it i'll go for it because i wonder if one of yours is going to cover one of mine oh um mine's actually the timeline okay oh. so we've got five Ooh. days between the fight between um okio and yami and mm. them going back to school but we see them back at school and then we see okio and yami going to Hueco Mundo and reporting back to Aizen. So did it take Yami and Okioa five days to get back to Aizen? Are they that scared of Aizen that they've been like 
dawdling for the past five days oh. like not wanting to go back and report that they failed i don't know it was just a very weird timeline shift i don't know if like maybe the manga does it differently in that you don't see them at school um and then you it kind of flows more quickly and it seems like they did go straight back to aizen but yeah the anime make it made it seem like it took okio and yami five days to get back to Hikomundo. let me see i'm just flicking through it i know because i wasn't massively paying attention yeah, I guess I just sort of assumed that... No, you see it in order. You see them going to school, each go dealing with the hollow, all of that kind of stuff. And then at the very, very end, I think it's just for that dramatic effect so that we can have Toshiro explain, oh, if mm. they've got more than 10 of them, we're screwed. And then, yeah. Yeah. Oh, surprise, yeah. Yep. I think that yeah, was that what it was. Yeah, that makes sense. I, also, I guess I just sort of assumed that those things... Um, that I, I guess I wasn't, I didn't think of the timing as being literal. I guess I figured the five days in the world of the living uh, didn't necessarily happen before Okiora and Yami had that conversation. I guess I just sort of assumed that that was pretty immediate, but we were seeing them out of yeah, chronological Yeah, it was jumping order. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's mm-hmm. to say? Yeah. And then... Speaking of Toshiro explaining, what a weird choice of people to send. I mean... Okay, right? <laughs> just looking after the 10th division right now, because it's both the lieutenant and the <gasps> captain, and they're already down three Wait. captains in 5th, ninth, and 3rd. That is such so a good can point. they really afford to send away another captain? Poor Toshiro. I don't even... Okay, because I don't... I haven't spent much time thinking about the 10th division. Do we even know the names of anyone else in the 10th division do we no, do we know anyone else they're just people they're just <laughs> people we don't know the names of any seated officers or anything do we nope nope oh my god uh, hmm. and i'm pretty oh, that sure that make me feel very safe <laughs> shit <laughs> I'm pretty sure when they were talking about, like, who came along, I know this is more into the next episode, but they were talking about, like, mm-hmm. they didn't want to have to ascend too many, or at least in the anime, they were talking about, like, not having to send too many people that were too high up because they didn't want to have to, like, he says, I was told to choose a combat team outside the captain class, Renji was speaking mm-hmm. about, right? And then immediately mm-hmm. he goes, yeah, and because Rangiku was coming, Captain Toshiro reluctantly came along to keep an eye on us. And I'm like, but you were told to choose outside the captain <laughs> class. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it made me laugh. Um, wow. Well, because the alternative, I <laughs> I wonder if Renji having, like, recently restored his relationship, I guess, what I'm saying is, think about Byakuya wearing a school uniform. I mean, yeah. Toshiro is probably just wondering what he did in a past life to deserve this big injury. I think Toshiro's there because he wants to be. But like... <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. He was grasping for excuses, probably. He secretly cares. He's not going to say he cares, but I think he cares. He cares. He cares. Um, not just about Rangiku, but like about Ichigo, too, probably. More than likely. Um, mm. So, one of the things I wanted to chat about just before we move on is, of course, Ichigo's guilt over. Orihime, Chad, and Tatsuki getting hurt. We see it a lot in this episode in, in the sense of how he's feeling. Um, and I just thought, it, like, God, that must suck. Like, he prides himself in being the strongest person to be able to protect the people that he cares about, and he feels like he just let everybody down, and he's letting it really eat at him. And, and he's blaming himself. And when, en- when else did we see him blame himself like this? We saw it when he blamed himself over his mother's death. Hmm. 
you know, and he's got a habit of of just taking responsibility for for things that are just completely outside of his control. Yeah, he does. And he's so young, too. He's a little teenager. He's he's a baby. And his reaction to when Rookie appears, by the way, in the manga is just fucking adorable. Like, Kubo Kubo knows how to draw facial expressions and he draws Ichigo's so well. It's so soft. It's nice when those little moments get to peek through as well because he's usually so, like, determined shonen hero. So seeing Mm. that other side of him, like, it's, it's a nice reminder every now and then. Yeah. Agreed. And did you listen to the post-credit audio whilst it was playing like the scenes for the next episode? I did, but I can't remember. What yeah, it is. same. <laughs> uh, I just wrote it down just because obviously, like, I thought it was hilarious. And it is um, Rangiku is explaining to Ichigo that she tried to get Toshiro to wear a maid outfit, and Ichigo's oh! reaction is just oh! like, what? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I just um, laughed and I had to take a note of it because I was like, oh, I laughed. That was really funny. The most disgruntled maid you've ever seen in your life, too. You just know. It's Ichigo's reaction, though, in the English dub. He is he's flustered. He's like, okay. It's <laughs> 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 oh, funny. And that's, that's I've got all, all I've got left are manga and anime differences for that episode. Okay. Yep. There you go. Well, yeah, I feel like we're there. Cool. Awesome. So, in the manga, Ukiora refers to Yami's, um, like, sorry, in the anime he says that, you know, I'm surprised we could flush each to go out, but in the manga he says it's your tantrums have made him come out, and it just made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ichigo takes off Yami's arm because he effectively demolished Chad's arm, so it was like an arm for an arm. And in the anime, I love that. I love it too. That's why I was like, I have to take a note of that because in the anime, he just says, "Oh, because Chad was lying on the ground." And again, it's that censoring of how much damage has actually been done to people, which will come up again, actually. Yeah, there's a lot Um, less blood, probably. (laughs) Yes, yes. The little interaction between Urahara and Yoroichi was interesting. So when they go side by side, Urahara says, I've got this, and Yoroichi says, he's all yours. But in the manga, Yoroichi's the one that speaks, and she says, I'll see to Orihime, give me the medicine. And then uh, Urahara gives Yoroichi the medicine that she then takes or tries to take to uh, Orihime. But Yami tries to stop her. He's like, come back here, you bug. And Yoroichi just one kicks him. Doesn't, there's no fighting. Like in the anime, there's a scuffle and she hits him a couple of times. But in the manga, it's one full on, really powerful kick to his head and he goes down. Um, that allows Yoroichi to be able to go and see to Orihime. I also love the fact that when Urahara shows up, he says hello with a heart. <laughs> and I just Aww, like... He, he talks with hearts kind of a lot. He does! Like, yeah. so I, cute. I, and I, I really love that for him. I really do. So do I. Every time I read that in little musical notes as well, he's known for his little musical notes. Yeah. And I just like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Um... In the manga, Orihime is bloodier than she is in the anime. It's like half of her face is skinned off in the manga. <gasps> wow. And I think that was why Yoroichi wanted to go to help her straight away because obviously we know Yoroichi had been training Orihime, so there's probably a bit of a soft spot there, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, in the anime, Yoroichi eats forever. That's like a really fucking long scene with a ridiculous number of bowls. Oh my god! Like, like I was actually uncomfortable. I didn't like. I'm also one of those people that doesn't like the sounds of people eating too much, and so I was. I didn't like that. It was yeah. It was too like long. It's a shonen joke that's been done between every anime ever, but in the manga it isn't. It's just one panel of her with just three it's empty really bowls good. and a couple empty dishes, and that's it. Like there's no eating. It's just she's got there's a couple also, of plates. Like, this is also an instance where, like, not that I am generally the kind of, like, I feel like, Lethen, you're very good at acknowledging um, as elements of sexism within, mm. uh, like, widely accepted What's coming up? <laughs> okay, well, because I just, the whole thing of, like, oh, yeah, like, what a subversive girl. She eats. Yeah. And I'm like, excuse you. And she Everybody eats. Like, do, why do you have to make it, like, a point of acknowledgement? Like, mm-hmm. she's... She is a physically active adult. Yeah, she fucking eats. Like, that's not... I... I yeah, it's like... Yeah. That is... It, it, it's not actually as subversive as people think it is, and it annoys me when it's like, oh, look at this cool girl who eats food. Like, stop it. Yeah, agreed. I totally agree with that. Mm. Um, the anime, we see, we see that whole scene with Cohen that Nomi was talking about, but also, like, how the... How thin are Ichigo's windows that Cohen, a plush teddy, managed to break <laughs> out of the window with his plush body? Like, anyway. It's not thing. double glazing there, then, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Paper thin window glass. Um, in the <laughs> Probably not. Uh, there's a brief scene in the anime of Urahara taking care of Chad and Orihime that is anime only. In the anime only as well, there is... So this is anime only when we get introduced to the characters and we see their definitive features when, you know, they're walking to the classroom. That is anime only. In the manga, it's pretty much just us seeing the reactions of the class students and all their feet. So we get to see actually the difference in all their shoes, which I think is quite cool. Like Gummy Chica has like a, a cute little bracelet round his ankle. And, you know, like oh. just it's really cute that you can almost tell them just by their feet. Um, but and of course, the anime and it returns to that sexism thing. We get the nice up close shot up Rangiku's skirt and down her cleavage. Um, mm. And yeah, if we get the defining features of the other characters, it's just they're less sexualized because obviously they're they're male. Is is this is is one of these chapters? I remember I have re- there in my head. There's an image of like one of the one of the like chapter name pages, like a full page spread of the five of them all standing in a row, but they're barefoot and Toshiro is standing on his tiptoes. Is that one of these manga it's, chapters by it's, chance? It's very close. It's not quite that they're all barefoot. Okay, There's okay. only one of them barefoot and that that is that is a, a, a little panel that comes up. I think it's for one chapter 119. I might have taken a note of it actually because oh, okay, that is coming okay. up. Alright. Uh, but that was it for manga and anime differences for this episode. Are we good to move on to episode 115? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. Renji and Rukia are teaming up so she can kick the fuck out of Ichigo. Can we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just like Randy. just knows. It's like the prior disgust that he just holds each ago yeah. just so she can beat oh, him up. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 great. It's like true friendship I mean, goals between the three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing at domestic abuse, but you know, like you know, our I mean, abusive relationships. It was some <laughs> tough love. And it worked. Like, you know, there's always that one thing that your friends just know that you need to kind of get you back on track. And a little bit of tough love. Mm 
Rukuma's bestie. Rukia's and Ichigo's relationship borderline started with her stabbing him, so... Yeah, that's oh. true. That's true. Yeah, that's true, that is true. And I just want to, like, I really want to draw attention, because this will come up later, um, to the fact that Rukia, in order, she knows exactly what Ichigo needs to break him out of his funk. Like, she just, mm. she's like, okay, I know having a pep talk with you isn't isn't going to work, so I'm going to drag you off to fight a hollow. And then mm. I'm going to pep talk you whilst you're fighting this hollow so I can see for myself your hesitation in battle. Um, it's it works for him and by the end of it you know he's 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 grinning and he's telling her that she talks too much and i'm just like oh it's really good also just returning to the whole sexism thing dale that you mentioned is mm. this episode like it's done for humor but i want to just draw the attention to the audience that it's really not fucking funny when you think about it is rangiku fending off cone and enkego without even looking at them tells uh, us that she has to experience this a lot from men, that she doesn't even have to look at them to just punch them off. And yeah, yeah. it's played up as a joke and, oh yeah, really funny, but actually it's really not. It's really not, and it's not cool. And it's also a really good example of the fact that, like, Rangiku having the body that she does and choosing to dress the way she does doesn't give people permission to yep. do anything with that. Like, she's expressing herself and she exists the way she exists. And that's not an invitation. Yeah, that's a joke. not consent. In fact, especially as a joke, because if you say something as a joke, then sometimes that is that that led, leads other people to conclude that it's okay in a real way and not just in a joke way. And it's actually not great in either situation. So yeah. it circles yeah. back to that whole like tell the young girls to change their school outfits because they might distract Ugh. boys rather than teaching boys to just mind their own fucking business. <laughs> yeah, boys and cheese room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, cause I do want to, like, it's not it's not just boys, but it no. is also, it. yeah. It's that stereotype, yeah. that argument that they make in schools, isn't it, about those two yeah. genders when there's so many more that exist. But, yeah, we should just be teaching people to mind their own fucking business. All people should mind their All own people. fucking business. Yeah. 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 But yes, that... Uh, well, on a more positive note, my Queen's epic drawings returned this episode, so I was yes. happy. So hey, the drawings. Yep. <laughs> Got to acknowledge the awesome drawings, even if Ichigo doesn't. She, he deserved that notebook to the face, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that that really specific breakdown... Like, it... it Ichigo not being super familiar with the different classes of Menos and then Toshiro, who was, like, I, I think it was, like, appropriate that Toshiro was the person mm -hmm. to give that explanation because he is obviously the highest ranking person in the room. Uh, but that specific breakdown of the levels of Menos was, yep. was I, I think, very helpful. And, I mean, it was, it was quick, and I don't know how much that's going to stick for every audience member who isn't, like, taking notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, clarifying that was... It, it, it was cool because like as I, I think like we've as an audience we've had the experience of seeing various menos just come out of the sky like that big swarm of gillions for example uh and then we're not like we're like oh okay so like that's called a menos grande but then we like looked at there are other specific hollows that have more distinct characteristics and those have also been called Meadows Grande and so now understanding it's like oh Meadows Grande is an umbrella term and within Meadows Grande there are various kinds of hollows yeah you've got the Gillian mm -hmm. class which is yep 
the foot soldiers, Pretty which sure I actually think I messed up in my episode summary, didn't I? I called them oh, menos. Really? And then I well, think they, the, they the are They're kind of menos. Yeah. yeah that's, the, think... that's what I'm saying. So there are, menos is the umbrella term. That's still correct. Gilead is just more specific. Yeah, I think I say they're a rank above menos when actually they're inside the rank of menos, but they're above mm, Gilead class, uh, is what yeah. I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's because okay because they're not super smart and so like i swear to god i'm not gonna like just mention funny things from bleach us abridged all the time but some of the <laughs> audio choices they make are just so strong and so a bunch of gillions just like prying their way out of the sky is an image we've seen a couple of times and in bleach us abridged there are just like layers and layers and layers of multiple voices just going Hi guys. <laughs> and I think it's so funny. Hi guys. <laughs> look at them. They're, they have their faces like don't move. It's just the, the incongruity is so funny to me. <laughs> it's Rangiku's voice in the in the abridged that I just think is all together hilarious. It's so funny. It's, it's so, so good. Funny. Like literally watch, literally listeners, please go, go watch, watch this show on YouTube. Like, yeah, it, it's the best abridged series I've ever seen. It's so strong. It's so good. It's and support them on Patreon as well. They have a Patreon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes. So we find out about the uh, the different classes then of Menos, and then mm-hmm. one of the things that Toshiro says is that the Vasto Lordus is more powerful than the Captain class of the Shinigamis. Yeah. Which I'm also I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, why haven't they never attacked if they're stronger why has there been no yeah well just because yeah. they're stronger doesn't mean that there's something they want from soul society that's right? true yeah, like, yeah it could be that they're content like, or they don't have yeah they hadn't had the organization to warrant successfully attacking that's what i was mm. thinking nomi is that maybe it's because they all work singularly mm-hmm. but now with eisen that might be changing yeah, because mm. you've got that expose as well with Toshiro going, at least, if they have at least 10 Vasta Lordes, mm. then they're pretty much screwed. And then in the very next scene, you've got Aizen saying, come and tell us in front of your 20 brothers. Mm. Yeah. It's like that expose to say that, you know, Aizen's already exceeded Soul Society's expectations and he's got double what they were expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I imagine... Because Waco Mundo is so big and there are loads and loads of hollows, it, it seems unrealistic to assume that there were fewer than 10 Vasto Lordes total, total, total prior to Aizen's weird ascension. So I, I imagine what Toshiro meant by that is like, oh, if there are at least 10 Vasto Lordes organized under Aizen, then we're in trouble, not just like if 10 Vasto Lordes exist. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a, a lot for this episode actually in terms of notes. The only thing that I had left to call out was um, the post-credit scene, Captain Komamori's Giga is a dog, which I found hilarious. <laughs> it was the cutest oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> but that was pretty much it for my notes mm. for this episode. What about you? Just shot of Aizen on the throne, baby. <laughs> that was like, that, that's the only other note that I have that we haven't touched on yet. But just like, look, look at this man. Look at this man. Ooh, sir, sir, sprawl, I beg of you. Oh. It's no wonder there's so much power play fan fiction written about Aizen. Oh, there's so uh, much yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? No, I had nothing else for that one. It was not really. I, no, can I just no. dive straight in with the manga and anime differences then for this? Oh yeah, for Please. sure. 
cool. So in the anime, uh, the classmates remember who Rukia was. In the manga, they don't, which makes more what? sense. Because, of course, in the manga, they would have cleared everybody's memory oh. of her. And I'm pretty sure that was a whole but thing, wh- Why would they it? change that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I thought that was weird, too. Because isn't it when That's Rukia leaves, nobody remembers? Like, they yeah. even had that in the anime. Yeah. Because I, I think I remember thinking, wait, they remember her? Like, when I was watching the anime, I was like, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Very strange. So that was a weird twist. But yeah, in the manga, the manga has it right in the sense that nobody remembers her. They're just like, who's this girl? Why is she standing on the window? Um, In the manga, Orihime is much more excited to see Rukia, which I think was cute. Her bubble, her speech bubble had like this flower type feel to it. It was really cute. Um, In the manga, Mizuhiro... So here's your point, Dale, actually, about the artwork because it was like a cool transition. Uh, In the manga, Mizuhiro says that Keigo makes a super cool foot rest and then in the next panel immediately is the Soul Reapers with all their foot up, like all their feet up. But it's Ikaku. Yeah, it's Ikaku. Ikaku is the only barefoot one, but all of the rest of them have their shoes on, but it is really cool the way they've done that. Nice. And that is the cover art for chapter 197, if anybody wants to go and have a look. Um, in the manga, uh, we've got Karin says that uh, Tatsuki has a killer body, which, you know, represent. I'm totally, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally down with this. Yeah, yes. like, I've, in, in plenty of fan fiction that Gisha and I have wrote, we've wrote Karin kind of, Karin kind of skewing in that direction. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, mm, yeah, represent. Um, yes. And then in the anime, there is a beef between Rangiku and Yamachika, and that was why Toshiro tagged along, which in the manga isn't true. It was just because Rangiku wanted to go, period, <laughs> that Toshiro was like, ah, I should probably tag along with you. And mm-hmm. and at first I thought it's probably because he doesn't want her getting any trouble, but then I thought deeper about this. If we think about if we put ourselves into Toshiro's character right now, like, he lost, not lost someday, but he... Yeah, like almost lost somebody really close to him, like in mm. in Momo, and she mm-hmm. is obviously a female that he felt that he needed to protect, and we know how him and Rangiku's relationship, like Rangiku, has completely chosen Toshiro over her childhood best friend in Gin, and and so point. I'm wondering Toshiro going to the world of the living because Rangiku was going. I don't think it was to keep an eye on her because she can't control herself or she's going to get up to mischief I think it was genuinely to protect her Mm. yeah and I also knowing that they were about to go into a potentially conflict heavy situation with Aizen and his ilk Toshiro doesn't know when Gein when and where Gein is going to show up next and Mm -hmm. so I bet I, I, I wonder how confident he is in Rangiku's ability to face off against Gein if it had to come to that. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think he wants to be there for emotional support as well as yeah, physical. Yeah, very much so. And I very think those two so. rely very heavily on each other. However you view the relationship, whichever side of that coin you fall on, it is at least familiar. Like, it feels to me very family. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Almost like brother yeah, and yeah. Sis- younger brother, older sister, but he still is yeah. so protective of her. Hmm. And he's probably also seeing it as a sort of distraction in, as well. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he'd probably just be sitting in the soul society, waiting by Momo's side, whereas this he's yeah. seeing as a chance mm. to not repeat past mistakes and to go yeah. and help and support someone and not repeat the past. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
didn't want the feels today, Ethan. Right? Yeah, sorry. And that, that was it for the No, don't be sorry. It's awesome that this can exist in a shonen. Like, how I fucking know. cool. And I think it's good for us to be able to analyse, because obviously, like, we just get little snippets like this, so it's nice to be able to dive in and think about, okay, but why? But why would that character yeah. act that way? Why are mm-hmm. they doing that? Why did they actually go? That's actually super clever. It's like, if you're ever looking to get insight that you weren't expecting, just ask yourself why a character why? does something and see where it takes you. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. My one question with all of this, and I like, I'm not complaining because it is so cute and so adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but when did Ohime and Rangiku even spend enough time together to warrant Rangiku automatically going to Ohime's? Like, huh? It's yeah. Uh, Canon-wise, they've met once, and that's when all he, that's when Rangiku was drunk and saying, "Hey, come drink with us," oh, and they're like, "No, yeah. we're oh. underage." That's the only <laughs> technically canon time these two have ever spoke said anything to each other. And but now we're getting this really cute, really wholesome kind of Rangiku is the older female influence that Ohime has never had. Like yeah. if you think of Ohime's past, she's had abusive parents, she's got some distant relative who pays off her for her education, and she's not really had that older female influence. And here's Rangiku. Albeit, you know, sometimes influence is a little bit on the questionable side when we we know who Rangiku is. But it's nice, but it also raises the questions of when it happened. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I I just would have... I'm, I know I'm going to have that rant again, and I'm so sorry to the male listeners, hey. anybody that's but anybody that's like sick to death of hearing about feminism. But like, see when two girls are alone, that's not how they act. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I know that the whole stereotypical pillow fight. Oh, well, let's have a bath together. We're strangers. We barely know each other. Come join me in the bath, and then like just yeah. being naked in front of each other. That's not what girls do. What girls is it not? Oops. <laughs> I know. Like like. This is going to be a really extreme parallel, right? But that would be like me as as a as a as a girl, somebody that identifies as being a woman, writing two male characters who are like, oh, they they're alone together. Let's have them wank each other off. Like it just doesn't. It's like don't, no, that's not what they do. <laughs> just, they don't. We don't act like that around each other. Like watch a movie, play video games. You know, common stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. It just it I'm it, sure it hurts like- me target audience yeah bullshit, mm. but you are you are correct <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh, so yeah i just wanted to have that little rant however the, the it's a shame it's a shame that that like that because that for me takes me out of what's actually happening like because then i'm just yeah, like fuck's yeah. sake again but in terms of what was happening between the two characters you know if it had been a wholesome sitting down and just having a meal and they were talking type scene let's take it for that then yeah, that that older female influence that Orihime has never had, that is pretty wholesome. And those two having a friendship together, I, I love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how it happens, I don't know. It's just, uh, Rangiku just seems to be the the, the extroverted friend. Just a, She's the Slytherin that adopted the Hufflepuff, isn't she? Yes. <laughs> Ooh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but in reality, what all it needed was pizza and beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd have been perfect. Yeah, yeah. Or not beer, because Orihime is underage. I'm sure Rangi could be the four star. <laughs> well, she refused once. 
Although I guess I did really like the bit, not pizza and beer exactly, but I like <laughs> the fact that Orihime cooked for her and she cooked her like weird Orihime food and Rangiku was like, this is the best. Like yeah, it was clear it was that true. she wasn't so doing cute. it for show. The fact that the two of them share that is really, really sweet. And just cute. the the whole Toshio just being on the roof thing and Rangiku like, you can come in. boy! Angsty boy! <laughs> <laughs> or... Like- or protective younger brother wanting to stay close to Rangiku just in case. Por que no los dos, my friend? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's just something about the aesthetic of it that it's like, I mean, I know it's a bit, but like Toshiro being that particular brand of angsty boy is like, mm-hmm, like this feels correct. Yeah. This feels correct. <laughs> and maybe it's because he looks and sounds like a preteen, which like, don't let him hear me say that, but. <laughs> Even more yes, Captain Itsugaya. Captain Hitsugaya. <laughs> Which, on that note, actually, the, going back to uh, the, one of the previous episodes, um, uh, when all of the Soul Reapers show up in the door of the classroom, um, uh, uh, Rangiku was the only person that Ichigo addresses with any kind of honorific. Everybody is straight up first name, but he calls her Rangiku-san in the dub, or excuse me, in the sub. I wonder if it's just because he's not had as many interactions with her as he has with everybody else. Because we know he fought Ikaku, he's fought Renji, he's met Yamachika when he was fighting Ikaku. So it could just be that. Well, I suppose he doesn't really know Toshiro, does he? It's like opposite Ah! of respect. So yeah, he's got he's he's got respect for Kaku and Yumichika because he's seen how they fight. Um, he's got respect for Toshio because he's a captain, so he doesn't use honorifics. Yet for someone he does know, he, he doesn't <laughs> know very well. He does use honorifics. He's just very backwards. He's channeling his inner Shinji. He's a punk. Mm. Oh, he was a punk before he ever met Shinji. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. So I Ukiora says that he'll deal with Ichigo. Can we can we discuss? Because Dale, I think you said you wanted to, to speak oh, about this whole bit. Yes, I did. Thank you. Okay, okay, okay. So okay, for, for, first off, I didn't like I said at the beginning. I did not expect myself to get this excited when Grim Zhao showed up because he's a character <laughs> who, um, like I, I uh, he's not one of those characters who showed up and I was instantly like oh boy yes you like I like I felt for um like I felt that way about Ishida I felt that way about Ukitake and of like a couple and Shinji as well and a couple others Grimjaw is not one of those characters for me however and I I do think this is influenced by the Seiyus singing their covers of the opening themes and also their own little character songs and stuff because Junichi Suwabe's voice his speaking voice, yes, but his singing voice especially, which sounds a lot like his speaking voice, in my opinion, just sends me. So, like, getting into Hueco Mundo and hearing Grimjow say words, I was like, oh, oh, we're in it now! I was really excited. Um, But I think the conversation that Ukiora and Grimjow have together about dealing with Ichigo, or, like, not dealing with Ichigo immediately, if you're Ukiora, uh, is... It's... It's, I think it speaks to the strength of Kubo's ability to write distinct and different characters because because Grimjow and Ukiora, who are both, it seems, united under Aizen, have such different perspectives about this. And, like, both of them 
actually actively make sense. They both make really good points when they're having this true back and forth conversation. And Ukiura is clearly a calculating intellectual type and Grimjow is a little bit more like rough him up and go at him. Um, Ukiura's assertion that he thinks it makes more sense to let Ichigo go at this point because Ichigo either, he, what he says is that Ichigo is either going to destroy himself by um, like not getting an appropriate handle on his inner hollow mm-hmm. or on the off chance that Ichigo does manage this, Aizen and their ilk can bring Ichigo under their control. So Ukiura's like, let's we can use wait him. a little. We can use him. Mm-hmm. Either it's like not our problem and we're going to work smarter, not harder, or this is a tool for us. And Grimjow is like, no, no, he's clearly very strong and he's only going to get stronger. So why not just smash him now? Both of those points make sense. And yeah. both of those points are reflective of these two very different characters who share a goal. It was just a really cool scene and I forgot about it. And also I love Junichi Suwabe's voice. So hearing him speak was a plus for me. <laughs> so and can we that's give, all. That's all. Can we give Tai, uh, can we give Kubo a big shout out here for these character designs? Like, yes! You know, like, cause Grimjow and, and, and Ukiora are two fantastically designed and expertly looking characters. I just love them so much. They're so unique. Excellent eye makeup on both. I was going to say the eye makeup as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shout out to their makeup department. Let men wear eye makeup 2021. Like if quarantine has taught us nothing, it's that we can express ourselves however the hell we want. And that's not what actually matters. So, hey boys, if you are out there and you want to wear some eyeliner, then just fucking do it. You have my permission. Yeah. 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 Go for it. Yeah. I think that's all my points, actually, for this episode. I don't think there was anything else majorly that I took note of, so it's all Yeah, I just kind of had that one thing, yeah. I think this was very, uh, it was just uh, going to stay with each other, experiencing the world of living thing, isn't it? I've actually got a point in the manga and anime differences that I think was quite interesting. Yeah. Well, this episode was a little bit more filler. Like, there was a lot more filler in this episode than there was in... I thought that, but when I was doing the manga and anime differences, there was only two. This oh, was oh. very close to the manga, actually, this oh, episode. Oh, weird. Interesting. Yeah. Like, unless, Nomi, do you know something different that I didn't notice? Because I noticed that in our notes that it said it was half filler, but actually it was pretty uh, damn not spot on. half. Uh, just, well, or so part. the listing that I was able to find indicated that it, it contains, quote, some filler. So that could be, like, a scene, or that could be half an episode. It's... It's not demarcated in any significant way. Yeah, I know I there's the... filler episodes coming up that we're probably going to skip, so it's probably just like a minor exposition mm. for those filler episodes that we're going to be skipping later on. Uh, maybe, yeah. Um, so let me lead into the manga and anime differences in, because we've got two, and they revolve around Renji and Urahara. So in the manga, Renji says that he's always wanted to meet Urahara, and so he goes. He says that he's going to go and stay at his. And then later we see a scene of Renji sitting outside Urahara's shop. But in the anime, he goes straight inside, and he's inside, and he's like, it's like they already know each other. But in the manga, Renji is sitting outside in the dark with the shop shut. And then Jinta turns to Urahara and says, you know, he's still out there. And Urahara replies with a very straight to the point: I have no business with an assistant captain from the Soul Society. And that's it. 
That's all we see. And I just thought that that was really interesting because obviously Renji wants to spend time with Urahara because of how Urahara trained Ichigo. I think Renji thinks that he can learn something from Urahara. Um, But Urahara is like straight up like, I've got nothing to say to these people from the Soul Society. Oh, I thought it was for a different reason. Oh, what did you take it as? Because maybe I I read it wrong. I thought Renji had gone, like in the manga, that Renji had gone to Urahara to give him hell for what he did to Ukiya. Ooh. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, well, it's never explicitly... I don't think Bold. it's explicitly said. He says that he wants to ask Urahara a question. Um, and then he says something about... when he see, Let me see if I can find a scene. Because right now I'm just juggling my words. Let me see if I can actually find the moment mm. when Renji says he's going to go and stay with Urahara. Okay, well then, I guess I'm off to, to where. I'll go to Urahara's place for now. He was the one that got you ready to fight with... Fight us in just a few days, right? I've always wanted to meet him, is what Renji says. Okay. And then he says, besides, there are a few things I want to ask him about. And it does show you Rukia when he says that. Okay. So I think okay. it's a bit of both. It's, he says that he got Ichigo ready in a few days. He wants to meet him. And then he says, besides, and we see a shot of his eye looking at Rukia. And then he says, there, be a f- there are a few things I want to ask him about. Yeah, I think it could certainly be both. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe I was just looking at it from, like, a person who ships when Renji and Ruki <laughs> together. Like, perceptive. I think, though, he says he wants to ask a few questions, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want to beat the shit out of him for it, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I think that's valid. I, yeah, like, you can read between the lines perfectly here, because I think that's true. <laughs> I'm also sure that Renji's got to be aware that he can't beat the shit out of Urahara, right? Like, he <laughs> right. knows he's not on Urahara's level, I'm sure. More than likely, but I think it's that monkey chasing the moon thing he had with Byakuya again, isn't it? Well, maybe. There's less of a relationship there, though. That's true. But yeah, that was the only manga anime differences for this episode. Otherwise, it was pretty compliant. Huh, apart, from, apart from words here and there, but I wouldn't take note of every single sure, word unless sure, they were sure. funny or they meant something completely different. I'd just like to show us sitting on the roof going, I'm hungry in the manga. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that little scene, he's just like, yeah, I'm he's hungry. A, he's a boy. <laughs> yeah, is there anything else from you guys? Or? I don't know, do we want to touch on the fact that now we know that Ishin is a captain, was a captain in the Soul Society and Rukia is there and there was a whole bunch of Shinigami yeah. in the room? Oh, do we want to touch on that a little bit? Like, uh, true. Oh, true. the bit when he and Yuzu, when Ishin and Yuzu were like <laughs> listening through the door. Which, actually, I did have a thought about that. So th- thank you for bringing up Ishin. It's just, so, and of course, Karin like looks at this situation and is like... Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> an idiot. And my younger sister is my younger sister. But I think, I th- like, I feel like I've seen this in Ishin before, especially early on in the first arc. I sort of, I sort of wonder whether he's kind of just like letting Yuzu have this a little. Like, whether Yuzu was like, Dad, I think something super weird is going on in Ichigo's room. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like, he, he definitely actually knows what's going on. And he's like, okay, time to have like a dad daughter bonding moment. But oh. I'm not saying which. Whatever. I. That's he doesn't so cute. do everything right, but I think he really does. He like he's tr- he's trying so hard to be a good dad, and yeah. I think you you Yuzu especially because like Ichigo and Karin are tough. Yuzu is kind of less that, and so She's I think so he probably. Yeah. So I think it was I I I sort of headcanon that it was Ishin going. 
ooh, I know what's actually going on, but then outwardly being like, okay, Yuzu, come on, let's let's do this, let's do this super serious spy mission thing as dad and daughter or whatever, you <laughs> That's know? That's so cute. <gasps> My heart. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's I'm going to head canon that too, because yeah. obviously we, yeah. we see, but you know me, Yuri is a good point. Like, Rika comes and gives them a whole sob story, <laughs> and Ashin's oh just like, yeah, I'm going to buy this. <laughs> <laughs> I just take it for granted that Ishin is almost always savvier than he lets on. Because we get to see a very different, like, I know this is from, um, like, a couple, couple episodes ago now, but that conversation that he has with Kisuke about the night slash day, who knows, that Masaki died. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, he's a serious person able to have serious conversations when he needs to, and that's super clear. And so when he's in these other situations where he's being a total goof, or when he's, like, happy to let Rukia go on about this sob story thing, like... I, yeah, I take it for granted that he's playing along. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Oscar of the year goes to Ishin. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, though. <laughs> it was a toss-up between Ishin and Sosuke Aizen, who pretended to be oh, a good dude for yeah. years and years and years and years. I think Aizen wins the acting like uh, yeah, yeah I think it's supporting it's fine. I think Aizen I mean, will later be disqualified for cheating. But... <laughs> I mean, Aizen went to the the whole thing of wearing prescription lenses for fucking years. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, no, it, it just turns out that Aizen just hypnotized oh. everybody to vote for him. It's okay. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah. we're just inventing a bleach Oscar ceremony right now. We already have our Shinigami cup. Why can't we do an Oscar? That would be a great fic. Yeah. <laughs> the Shinigami Oscar section. Don Kenoji's going to be so pissed when he doesn't win anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, then, uh, do we have anything this week for delving into the Don Sort of. Yes. We have. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. We've got the no, same thing. Have we got the same thing? Is it the official illustration Bleach Brave Soul thing? It is, yes. Okay, I'll let you, I'll let you see it. Okay. Then. I have prices yeah. as well, so it's fine. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, so the video game Bleach Brave Souls is releasing a an official artwork, and it basically just contains heaps of amazing, gorgeous art, um, some of which is, of course, designed by Kubo when you've got the Can't Fill Your Own World art, it, uh, Can't Fill Your Own World artwork that he did for the anniversaries and everything. It's currently listed on the Japanese Amazon, and it costs around £30, 40 US dollars. And I have heard some success stories of people in America who have managed to already pre-order their copies. So if oh, you sure. do want a copy of this amazing artwork, artbook that just contains all the art from the game itself, then definitely check it out. I want one. It's a lot cheaper than Jet as well. <laughs> Ooh, I did. I did spring for Jet. Did I tell you guys that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't regret it. It's so beautiful. Maybe I'll need to invest in this. That's about it for news. I think still, still waiting. Oh, we're still waiting for those bloody anime release dates. Come on. <laughs> they yeah. I'm hoping yeah. it's not going to become like a it. situation like the Yuri on Ice movie where we're still waiting fucking six years later. <laughs> Did you know that the person, Junichi Suwabe voices Victor also, in addition to voicing Grimjaw? So Grimjaw and Victor have the same oh. voices. So. He's done a lot, but that's those are two of the ones that he's most he's most known for. I love Victor. Well, speaking of Bleach Brave Souls, they're 
sixth anniversary is this coming Sunday, so Sunday the 18th. Oh, wow. So the weekend that you're listening to this, it's Bleach Brave Soul's sixth anniversary. They're doing this huge oh Bankai Live, and the voice actors for Ichigo, Byakura, Chad, I want to say, and somebody else, I can't remember who, <laughs> they're all going to be there. Um, they cool. do this every year, and they do like a Bankai Live, so you never know. They may have information that we don't. That's a good point. I'm not crossing my fingers too hard, but that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm doing that thing where I'm like, I never expect anything and I'm not getting my hopes up at all so that when something does drop, despite, despite the squad 13 and me, I'm deciding not to be hopeful um, so that when something actually does drop, it'll just, it'll just be, that'll be a nice surprise. Uh, if that's all we've got for news this week, then shall we carry on to our Shinigami Cup Peroxide Edition? Yes. Yeah? Okay, sweet. Who, my friends, wore it best this week? Mine is the Shinigami in school clothes. It had to be said, mm-hmm. just and the fact that Ikaku wasn't allowed to take a sword, so he had his own little wooden sword in his stick! <laughs> 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 and oh. the little anklet that he, um, Yumichi has on adult. his foot and just, yeah Ikaku, I feel like Ikaku must look like he's like 35 at least, <laughs> I just I just feel like he's such an adult I don't know It's yeah, it's such a combination of just you've got the elementary school silverhead kid of Toshiro and the 35 yeah. year old thug who probably looked as though he failed school 50 million times <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that for him. Actually, that's hilarious. <laughs> and then Toshiro, who jumped up a few bloody years above his age group. Oh, he for would. Being too smart. He would. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ichika um, just looks ageless. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> My who care. wore it best goes to Ishin and Yuzu wearing those glasses to their ears. <laughs> <laughs> nice, 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 nice. <laughs> Uh, mine goes to the deep, deep V in Ichigo's new Bonkai fit. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, sick. Uh, up next, we've got best ship. Rangiku and Hime and sister goals. And even though it's the completely wrong way to go about it, just their whole friendship and relationship that, you know, could get better. As long as they don't run around naked together. It's fine. The premise behind their relationship. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there was, there was a lot of soft moments in these episodes between like Ichigo and Rukia, Rukia and Orihime, and Rangiku and Orihime. But mine has to go to Tatsuki and future Karin when she's a soccer champ. Ah! <laughs> <gasps> oh my Love god! It. Martial arts and soccer yep, power yep. pro athlete couple. <laughs> right. Somebody write it. Somebody draw it, please. I want that so badly for them. Holy shit. Yep. <gasps> okay, well, now that's my actual best shit. <laughs> which was the one that I listed first, um, is is the friendship between Rukia and Orihime. I thought it was really, really sweet to see Rukia, like, being really excited to run up to Orihime and say hello, because we haven't seen that from her very much. So, like, how cool that they have that. I really like that friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And finally, we have Double Take, Double Take. My Double Take was the timeline and the whole five days between leave the fight and going back to Fuego Mundo and just how it all fit in. 
good one. Mine was actually the shading and the artwork for Ichigo's Bankai. So Ooh. it's like it's shaded way more in depth and it's a beautiful Bankai reveal again. Um, and there's some really outstanding, stunning artwork when he like goes Bankai and then there's this beautiful page spread between him and all the sort of uh, soul reapers who came to the world of the living. And then mm. it goes back into the Bankai um, scene again. And it's just all of it is so beautifully drawn. So shout out to Kubo for that. Uh, my double take it it's not it's not even good i just it's just grim Jow. i just forgot that he was in these episodes and i forgot how much i like him so he showed up and i paused it and i went ah grim Jow, out loud to myself in my apartment <laughs> that's all it just really sent me this time i don't know why i don't care why it was a great feeling my double take is grim Jow. <laughs> just grim Jow. just Love grim Jow. <laughs> um i also i want to acknowledge that um going forward even though i'm not going to state it explicitly every time you can all just take it for granted that shinji wore it best even if he's not there um, yeah. all, always all the time forever who wore it best i don't care if he doesn't show his handsome face in these episodes um shinji wore it best yeah uh, just always i might mention it again once he wears different clothes or something but but, but, but just so, just so our listeners are all aware um forget about it best thank yeah. you very much yeah never forget <laughs> <laughs> um great um so now let's let's all find other things other than shinji's handsome face to fangirl about what are our fandom shout outs this week y'all oh, it's a good segue that was oh cheers man <laughs> So, my fandom shout-out, it's somebody's birthday today, as of recording. It is Captain Kuraku's birthday. And yeah, 7-Eleven, I always, yep, yep, you're right, you're right. And my fandom shout-out is this artwork by Cold Spaghetti Art on Tumblr. <gasps> I love this artist! Yeah! Oh, nice! And it's just the so colours and how striking it is. And it's also really soft because of his facial expression. He's just got the little blush because he's been drinking. And it's just so cute. And happy birthday, Kuraku. It's just amazing. Mildly spoilery, this one, I will say. But not too yes. much. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, no, actually kind of a lot. But if, like, if you know, you know. And if you don't know, then you probably don't know. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 It's clearly him. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Um, mine, I am very excited by mine, actually. Um, mine is a fan fiction. And it is... So in the previous couple of seasons, we heard that Byakuya fell in love with Hisana. And, you know, that was why he adopted Rukia. But we never found out how Byakuya met and fell in love with Hisana. This fan fiction is a 133,000 word fan fiction uh, called Her Other Half and it is all about how Byakuya and Hisana met and fell in love. And it is amazing, it's so well written, it is so soft, it is also incredibly 18 plus. I'm going to put that out there right now. Um, It made me look at Byakuya very differently, but he's very in character, I must say, like he very rarely speaks and when he does, his words have like they just strike like there's one scene in it where he you know 
asks Hisana to walk beside him and it's so simple but it's like in front of everybody that he says it and and she then has to walk beside him and she still feels like this rat from the Rukon district and it's oh it's so well done and it is written um depending on your platform of choice it is written by uh broken town on fan fiction net where the whole thing is 133,000 words or on AO3 she goes by Lady Dusk and Dawn and in our server because I bullied her into joining it is Jirachi who um has recently joined the server and I, I honestly this I fell into this fan fiction and I could not put it down it is so well written Oh, and also awesome. very sad and it does touch on a bit of triggering topic for some people so if 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 miscarriages and things are like oh a bit then maybe don't give it a read and especially if you're under 18 please don't pick it up and read it <laughs> gotcha 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 oh cool that sounds that sounds really really compelling it's so good i can't honestly yeah. describe how amazing this fan fiction is because that's not even a ship that i really was that bothered about and then i started mm-hmm. reading it and i was like wow Wow. Mm. I, I love it when authors take characters that we don't get to see much of, when they mm. don't get much screen time or panel time, and then they expand. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's kind of a bummer that this character doesn't get a lot of panel time or whatever, but I actually like that it leaves room for creative response and interpretation. I think that's quite fun a lot of the time. Yeah, mm. totally agree. Yeah. Um, mine is in a different vein. I've been, I've been waiting for a while to share this one, actually. Mm-hmm. So now, now that we've met Ukiora, um, so this, this, this is, uh, I would say, like, it's worth perusing the whole entire cosplay account. Um, these are, I believe they're still New York-based, but I'm not sure, actually. These are, um, so the account is Cosplay X Sisters on Instagram, all one word. Um, and I, I met these, these lovely people, uh, uh, at a Bleach cosplay meetup when I was cosplaying Ukitake in, oh god, 2019? Yeah, 2019. Um, and it's just, uh, so this, the first image you're gonna see is an Ukiora cosplay. Um, like, mildly spoilery, but like, high-key, not really. Like, I feel like it's just a strong interpretation of the version of Ukiora that we've seen up to now. Um, if you scroll through, there are gonna be some characters that we haven't met yet, and, uh, over, uh, uh throughout this whole entire account, they do, like, there's a decent amount of Naruto wow. cosplay here, there's a decent amount of, um, uh, like, Avatar The Last Airbender and stuff, but there's, there's Bleach, there's, um, one of them does a soy phone cosplay that is like next level striking there's a rangiku in there um but this ukiora is the best ukiora i've ever seen in person and like in person it holds up so well it's I love like this it's just mm-hmm. so good and bo- both of them are so both of them are so talented they make so many elements of their cosplays themselves um, and I just think that this person really captured Ukiora's vibe, facial expression. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that they sew their own, um, their own, their own costume there. Cause it, it just, the way that it contours, um, and fits her is just so, it's just so perfect. Um, so yeah, so this is, it's a, it's a really cool cosplay and I'm glad that now we've met Ukiora so I could share it with y'all cause it's just very, very good. So that's cosplay X sisters on Instagram. I recommend following and looking through the whole account. I love it. So amazing. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say before we wrap this bad boy up? No, I'm just too busy looking through this cosplayer. <laughs> right? <account>. <laughs> They're <laughs> so good. They're so good. Oof. Oh, okay, the well, Toph cosplay. Oh. Holy shit. Sorry. Wait, which one? Which the, one? The Toph cosplay. 
Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's holy super, shit. super good, right? It's so good. They're so good. Yeah, I think they're they're really good at like holy shit. capturing the vibe. Like they they the tilt soy of the phone. head, the facial expression, the position of hands. The soy phone is so good. So good. Yeah. Like so anyway, listeners, yeah. like if, if Lethin's reactions <laughs> um uh, uh, are anything to go by, then like you two should lose yourself in scrolling through this account because it's just they're just great. Um <laughs> Sweet. So I'll let and I'll leave you to that. Um, <laughs> to your heart's content. Uh, and in the meantime, you wonderful souls, that is the end of another episode. If you like what you heard and you want to get involved, you can find us by searching for The Cerete on Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook, and T Cerete on Twitter. Each of these platforms will link you to our fantastically deadly Discord family, where you can chat with us about the show, read fanfiction, take part in creative challenges, and talk anything and everything bleach. Now! Ichigo and Rukia might reap souls, but we are hoping to reap some five-star reviews, and that is where you come in. Make like our favorite orange-haired protector, and Ichigo to iTunes to rate us and review us and make us feel like number one. And to those of you listening on YouTube, don't forget to be like Chad and give us that good, good thumbs up with the one good arm you've still got. Oh, baby, we really appreciate it. On the next episode of the podcast, we will be covering anime episodes 117, Rukia's Battle Commences, The Freezing White Blade, 118, Ikaku's Bankai, The Power That Breaks Everything, <laughs> and 119, Zaraki Division's Secret Story, The Lucky Men. We'll see you souls then. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Okay, great. Mm. Mm. Ah. Sorry, I just I just made tea and it's just really tasty. <laughs> it's just so nice. Uh, I just got a kettle like two days ago and I'm fucking thrilled. Okay, okay. I just wasn't expecting to have such a visceral reaction. Okay, okay, okay. We're good. Okay.